You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. This is a Paramount podcast. I am Mike Casaza here on a Monday morning. Time for some Q&A, but no offense, not from subscribers this time because, boy, Chris, do they empty their their uh, allotment of questions yesterday, Sunday, um, because we decided to release the initial hot board for the West Virginia basketball uh, ongoing, impending, I don't know, coaching search. Some names out there, a lot to discuss, plenty of questions, got as many as we could, um, if you're not familiar Josh Eilert is the interim basketball coach for West Virginia this season. That is probably going to end when West Virginia's season ends. And then West Virginia is expected to go out, open up the job, conduct a national search for a head coach. What do you think about it? Isn't something that's really happened in a full, full faith effort, I guess, since probably Dan Dockich was hired. And I say that because I know John Beeline succeeded him pretty quickly. I'm not sure how how long and, and far they searched that one because it was such a quick turnaround and a really bizarre situation. After that, Bob Huggins really quickly moves from Kansas State to West Virginia. He's here for quite some time. And now, boy, first time since like the early 2000s, one of the top 15, 20, 25 jobs in the country is going to be open. So you waited a long time for something like that. Why wait any longer, right, Chris? We decided to jump the gun a little bit early. Um we held off, too, on this. And the anticipation, it got the better of some people, and they were ready to roll yesterday with a lot of questions, a lot of insight. It's on the board right now. Um, you can check it out, version 1.0. That means we're going to have more probably coming once this actually is opening. And then, this were interactive, Chris. Uh, Q&A post up on the board with a lot of uh, fluid information, questions that are uh, pretty candid, that aren't going to really fit in print for a, a top 10, a top 12, but business as usual when it comes to a coaching search which we're uh we're not unfamiliar with no absolutely not and and for those of you who are listening to this but are not familiar with what mike's talking about uh vip members right now there's a reason there are so many people coming over to the board that's the reason it was the busiest day yesterday based off what i'm looking at right now in months i mean i'm still going back but quite some time if you are not a vip member hq has put it uh to a 60 percent off vip deal Hop on there right now, 60% off for the entire year, and you get this covered. So, yeah, 
He probably won it because of this coaching search and all the things Mike's talking about with his Q&A and uh, the information about where West Virginia is likely heading with this. But then that'll take you into spring football, official visits in the summer, transfer portal season, next football season, next basketball season, all the signing days, all this stuff, all for one very low price, 60% off VIP. Get over to the site, sign up now, and enjoy it. But now it's my turn, Mike, because you, you opened it up. It's Q&A thread for all the VIP members, but no cues from me. Got, I, got, I didn't get to ask you anything. Mm. So now it's my turn. I'm being okay. selfish. Right. Now I want to take some time to ask you a few questions about this, a few of these candidates that you mentioned. But let's start with something you alluded to just a moment ago. Why now? Because technically the job is open, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Like it's an interim Again, 128-point font, I think you phrased it. Um, I guess that technically means it's always been open, but maybe it's technically not open because they haven't said they're moving on from the interim coach. So why now with a few games left in the season? Well, when you're guaranteed a losing record before Valentine's Day, why wait? You know, that, that was – and the quality of the performances was not getting better it was kind of hard to talk yourself into the fact that they could pull this together and, and make good on a lot of the what ifs that they had clung to for a while. What if we get our whole lineup together and we can practice for a couple of days and then a couple of weeks and then beat some teams and climb up in the standings. And all of a sudden here's this, you know, sub 500, but rising West Virginia team that's on the has work to do line. Right. But like there's there's a certainly a case you could have made that, you know, a 16 and 15 team, a 17 and 14 team that managed to scratch out, you know, seven big 12 wins. That would be really interesting for a selection committee to entertain. That didn't happen. So. You're holding on really tight to this one possibility and then your fingers start to slip and then one hand's gone and then a couple more fingers are gone and you're just out of time, out of fingers and. Chris, you notice this, like a lot of people started to get some intel on this too. I'm not, I'm not going to give stuff away, but like you and I have talked about this a bunch. People have reached out to us and, and confided some things and even asked some things. And all of a sudden, some of that stuff was starting to get out a little bit too. So, you know, why, why run the race from behind when, you know, maybe, maybe not first, but don't get lapped on this. And also like, we're not pretending here. And I, I don't think anybody really thinks that this is going to be some miracle job save thing here at the end. And if it is, Hey, no one's going to remember our hot board because they're going to be reading all the other stuff we wrote about something that's completely miraculous and unexpected too. So uh, I don't think any harm done in this right now. I don't think anybody there is going to hold anything against the fact that there are 10 or 12 or however many people, maybe six, maybe three that are serious candidates for this job and probably have been for quite some time before this season, sometime during their rise within this season. And then here's the important part, Chris, you're going to lean in now and, and find your names that you like or names that do really well, and you're going to match up what they're doing in the postseason, you know, in March Madness. And does that make them more worthy in a fan's eye or an administrator's eye? Because they won their conference tournament. They got to the second weekend in the big dance. And if you start with a list of people to, that are known to be kicked about in, in the, the conference rooms with the spreads and the coffee and all that stuff, all of a sudden you start to see these names and their teams are winning well, it's as valuable for you as it is for West Virginia or a search firm or an agent that's trying to get their job filled by somebody that they represent or they're affiliated with. So why not do what everybody else is doing? I think your point there in the middle was was 
the key part here was that it's being, I wouldn't say openly discussed, but it's being discussed behind closed doors. Um, conversations, obviously, that you and I have had, you've had with people that now, obviously, because we're then hearing it from other avenues, those same discussions are being held with other people as well. So, yeah, it, it's starting to get around. No reason to wait on it any longer, which leads me to my next point. Is it still or question, not point? Is it still too late? Because we've already seen a couple of these candidates or at least one of these candidates linked to another job where they just openly fired the coach in Ohio State and Dusty May. Is it still too late? What 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 can West Virginia do? Are they still behind here in this race, despite the fact that this job may or may not have been open for the last year? I mean, that's that's going to be subjective, I think. And I, I go back to this. This is not college football where a coach will leave his team before a bowl game. That does not happen in college basketball because um, the postseason is kind of like come one, come all, and anybody can win it. So if you're in like the – I'm trying to think of a bowl game here. If you're in the Gator Bowl or whatever they even call that now too, you're not going to win the national championship. So you can skip that. But if you're a, a six seed from a mid-major, something like that, you've got a chance to – Go through to a weekend, go through two weekends. Who knows? We've seen crazy things happen. Teams get to lead eight, the final four, and there was a job waiting for them at the end. You know, so why couldn't it happen to you know, why do you have to expedite things? So you don't so I don't think it's too late for West Virginia because I don't think DePaul is competitive with West Virginia in this situation. Like if they turn around and hire Bobby Hurley from Arizona State at the end of the season, one, that's gonna follow through on like some rumors for a while, but also like that's not anybody that West Virginia is thinking of hiring. And you're probably looking at something parallel to that. Um, are they are they going to be competing for the same coaches? I doubt it. Ohio State, that's a bit more interesting for sure. But let me ask you this, Chris. Like, what advantage does Ohio State have by just flipping over that sign that says closed to open? I don't know what you actually do. You can't. You still can't talk to coaches. You can, I guess, if you want to. But, like, a coach who's going to be a candidate for Ohio State is going to be coaching for quite a bit longer. And he's not leaving his job before the NCAA tournament. So if West Virginia isn't open until they lose in the Big 12 tournament, the CIT, NIT, CBI, whatever, I don't think there's a postseason bid here, but if they wait until their last game and it's over and they send the press release out, I'm not sure that they're running from behind here very much because they've been doing the work. Like they've, they've had a search firm. They talk to agents. They have a phone that works. So while they can call people, they can answer calls. And if you don't think agents are active right now or if um, you know executive firms aren't trying to place their clients – with a school, you know, those search firms go both ways. They work for schools, but they work for coaches as well. Um, then I don't know what to tell you. That's how these things work too. So while they're not officially out on the track, they're still running their race right now too. So yeah, perception to Paul is first, Ohio State is second. Reality, not that much of a difference if there's any. And so I mentioned Dusty May. He's on the list. He's on the hot board. And I would like to declare openly right now, that he may be my personal recommendation for the candidate. And part of that reason being going back to the three minute video that you and I did the last week or the week before where we discussed what, what does a, a new coach need? What, what do they have to have? And I said, you know, they got to be able to essentially recruit and retain talent or fundraise to be able to purchase and retain talent. Um, something along those lines, essentially coming down to the talent and being able to acquire it. And he's apparently been able to do that at FAU, a school that's not typically known as like this powerhouse. But more importantly, I just pulled up Florida Atlantic's 
college basketball transfer portal page, and it's blank. I have messaged IT over at 24-7 Sports and asked if there was a problem. They have informed me that there is no problem, Mike. No one left the program. No one left an SAU program that went to the Final Four to go to a bigger program. And you mentioned that in your thing, and that that means something to me. That's that's notable, and that's a big reason why I think he's a pretty good candidate. Do you want to tell me why I'm wrong? Do you want to tell me why I'm right? Well, here's the thing. like They're not as good as they were last year, I guess. If you just look at what they've done this year, it's still pretty good. And remember now, too, when you played FAU last year, it was a conference game or a non-conference game. Now you're playing a Final Four team from the prior season and they're getting everybody's best shot. Like, you can go watch them play Wichita State on the day before the Super Bowl, and, like, Wichita State's not having a great year. Wichita State played great, and the crowd was wild in Wichita, and that's what FAU has to deal with every game. So are they as good as last year? Maybe. There there are metrics that say there's not much of a gap. They're better here. They're worse there. You know, there, there are knocks on, like, FAU's defense and whether Dusty May could reach in his bag and, and pull out a great defensive team year after year. But if you look back, there's some good Kempom years on defense, too. So my point being, you can nitpick here and do that. But you really have to be relative to the situation here. And here's a guy that's won tournament games, NCAA tournament, conference tournament games, but also has has really lifted up a program that just doesn't do this. It doesn't. Like, they they share, they share, Chris, they share, like, not, not even, like, practice space or competition space, changing space, changing space with volleyball and women's basketball. Like, that's how weird the facility situation is there, too. Now, you work around that, of course. Obviously, they've done well and, and found ways to make that work. But, like, just imagine the situation you're in when you don't have your own dedicated locker room for stuff like that at a, at a building that you play and practice in. Um, so that's just, like, the the the, the heat that they, they got to overcome down there, too, and they have. And, again, just because you're not quite as good this year as you were last year, maybe you're not catching teams by surprise, that seems like a pretty hard crime to convict somebody of because they've never been this good in successive seasons before and you figure that would be what to celebrate and your point about transfers chris because i can't argue with you here too this is not a transfer team they have three transfers they've been there like three four five years too it's not like they just went out and got guys and won they developed them over time and they start and they play a lot for them big guys guards forwards like just not like they got hot with a couple guards or a couple of bigs um three different players three different positions who play really well for them too and not one-stop mercenary guys, people that came in and just developed over time, which is a good sign for a program because one portal success, but also retention development. I don't know when, I don't know what, I don't know what box on his card isn't checked right now. Yeah. National championship. Okay. I get that. But like be realistic here. Yeah. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today. Part of the CBS sports podcast network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? 
A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes. All right. Let's go to the name that was at the top of your list. He's your leader, by the way. May. Wait. The, the guy I'm about to say is at the top of the list. No, or May. May is your leader. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say the guy you have listed at the top of your list, although with Plenty of caveats beforehand, making note that this is not a ranking, but you felt the need to start with this name, so I feel the need to discuss it with you. John Beeline, former coach, obviously, very much connected to the job last time around, you know, back in the summer. You you kind of delved into that situation and how it almost happened back in the summer, is it really a possibility this time around? It is until it's not. So for me on the outside in here, um, and if, again, if I'm another coach's agent, another coach, another search firm, I want this. I want an answer to this one here too, because it's been looming. So here, here's the deal. Like Beeline really nearly took this job last year. And West Virginia went up and visited him on like Tuesday or Wednesday in Michigan, covertly came back. And the word going around that night was that they thought it was going to happen. Like they're gonna wake up the next morning, and be like, yeah, we gotta get a, a a red carpet, I guess a gold carpet. We gotta get a spread, some balloons. Welcome back, coach. They thought this was going to happen. Maybe hope, but like thought there was somewhere between hope and thought this is going to happen. Optimism because he never said no, and he didn't ever really say no. It was just he never said yes either. Kind of need the yes. Seems like that's important too. Um, West Virginia is not tied off that line of communication. If you've noticed this, John Beeline will be the guest speaker at the Charleston Scholarship Dinner. Um, big fundraiser every year down there in Charleston. They are planning a 20th anniversary for the 0405 Elite Eight team. Um, that does not happen on one phone call. That does not happen, you know, talking to John's, like, social event coordinator. I doubt he has one. He's not slipping... Like like Rem Baker and Gorgon Gee aren't sending messages to Beeline through his secretary with the Pistons. Like that, no, they've had open communication. They have talked. Um, I'm, I'm told that's never really been closed off. And it wasn't like, hey, I haven't talked to you in two days. How are things? But like, check in and then see how things are going. And and part of it is, can we do a 20th anniversary? Can we get you down there for the the scholarship dinner? I can understand the 20th anniversary scholarship dinner is a bit peculiar to me. I don't want to be too conspiratorial, but get anybody for that. Why John Beeline, right? Because that relationship, they developed it like last summer. And all of a sudden, I like this guy. He likes us. Past was great. Why can't there be a future? And maybe that's just in general, not as a basketball coach, but from that grows something else. And I just haven't heard that it's a no. I haven't. Like he was offered big money last year, big money. Like they'll go out and break a bank for some guys. That's one of them. What has changed? Don't know. Now, if you think that players wanted to revolt and get in the way, I can't tell you that happened. Um, I'm not sure how how deep that went or how severe it was. Perhaps some players said, hey, can we hurry up? Because I got to figure out this is what I want to do. Okay, that's fine. Is that revolt? I don't know. But let's just say that there were impediments to 
Beeline taking this job or West Virginia hiring the John Beeline last year. Okay, that's fine. Who's back? What's the impediment this year? Like, who's got the cachet, the gravitas to say, absolutely not, I'm not playing for John Beeline. At that point, you help that guy pack his bags and he's gone, right? Like, this is now about not one person, one team, one season. It's about a program that's going to be bigger than one person, one team, one season. And if that's the guy you want, then perhaps some of those obstacles are moved out of the way. And I think until you know for sure that he says no, everybody on the outside is going to be looking at that one right there and saying they've had a year to think about this because think about the big variable last year. It was so fast. It was so unexpected. Like once April rolls around, if Beeline's thinking about coaching, he says no to some jobs. He doesn't get offered jobs, whatever. But final four ends. All of a sudden it's May. It's June. You're not in head coach mode. You're not, especially when you're 70, 71 years old. You think you're going to do your front office job at the Pistons and, and continue to live out in the lake in Michigan, all that stuff. Great. But here comes a phone call in June. And, hey, we need a decision like in the next 24 to 48 hours. That's that's arresting, Chris. And that is not the dynamic now. You've had not a year, but 10 months to think about this. There's there's no I don't know is any more time. And the one reason that makes me think this won't happen or can't happen is that there are other names being talked to and asked about, which means West Virginia may already know. Um, but until I know that, until someone tells me that, like, I think that's the big question mark unknown, perhaps even exclamation point right now, because um, who he is, what he's meant and how close it got last year and what has changed in the time he's had to consider and craft everything since then. That probably excites a lot of people, I would think, but it also makes a lot of people a bit reserved, a bit hesitant to to get too close or too attached to this job. All right. A little, little side note, you may got me thinking about this. I wasn't going to ask this originally, but now that you said the number. And then I scrolled down and looked. Not only is Beeline a little bit different because he, you know, the whole situation last year and the past with West Virginia, but also because I'm looking at the other coaches 41, 47, 47, 48, 48, 51, 55, 47. Is his age an issue? Because again, it's probably not if it's a one-year thing, like we were talking about last year. But is it if West Virginia's taken the, let's say, long game look here of building this program over the course of the next 10 years if he's 71? Yeah. How could it not be? Like, how is that not a factor that you weigh in there? And I'm sure it might tip the scales if you're even on some things too. But like, if you're even between him and like Josh Schertz, I don't think you're picking Josh Schertz because he's what 14 years younger. No, wait a minute, 24 years younger. I, I don't, I don't do that. So I, I'm sure there's a, there's an aspect of this you have to consider too. And how long do you want to be your head coach? But like, how long is he going to be your head coach? Like, do you really go in saying that I need a guy to be 10 years? I'm going to hire John Beeline. Probably not, right? So there's that, and that's that's valid too. And also the separation between his last time coaching period, his last time coaching college basketball period, a lot has changed. The game has changed, and then that's just on the court. How much different is it off the court? So, the, yeah, but again, here's a guy who's had a long time to play in it. You don't think that – if he's serious about this, you don't think he's got a staff, um, he's got people he can contact for help with this, to do this. What should my office look like? Who am I hiring? I would imagine he's got a lot of that stuff. Just just knowing him a little bit so many years ago, like, those wheels always spin. So I'd imagine he's got a plan, and he's got way more connections than, than he had when I knew him. Um, so, like, I don't, I don't think that'd be an issue – but part of that would be, I would think, is does his staff include his successor? Um, and it's not going to be his son. Like, I don't know what to tell you that. Like, Happy Line's coaching, like, youth basketball in upstate New York. 
who on earth is going to make an argument that he needs to be the next West Virginia basketball coach? That doesn't work. <laughs> like, there's no way that Rem Baker takes that argument. There's no way that John Beeline makes that argument. It just doesn't happen, right? Um, so, like, what I mean by that is can, like, one of these assistant coaches, could he be the, I don't want to say heir apparent coach and winning, whatever, but, like, is he going to be good enough where if there's a handoff in three or four years, does it work? Could that be the guy? You're grooming an assistant coach. You're prepping a future, which then makes, okay, you're not going to get beyond for 10 years, but his fingerprints could be on the program for 10 years, which is fine. And the big dynamic about all this, I think too, is like, I think West Virginia in some regard has to prove that it's not like the Bob Huggins program, that the success fundraising or recruiting or, or whatever does not come from a special set of circumstances, which is a hall of fame graduate, hall of fame coach, graduate of your university, right? Those are unique. And if, if West Virginia was as good as it was for as long as it was under Bob Huggins, um, is that because of the coach or is that because of the place that the coach worked in? And I think at this point, since you're not going to get a hall of fame coach, who's a graduate of the university, you're going to have to find a way to make the program be what sells itself in the future. And if you get a couple of years of John Beeline to do that, to make things healthy again, then you can really push off in the future, which seems like it's pretty important to me. Sorry. I, I, I phased out there for a little bit after you broke my dreams of submitting my seven and one record for seven and eight year old girls basketball to uh Ren Baker for the job. As maybe everybody else is right and I'm wrong about this, but I just have a hard time seeing that like someone pushes a seven figure deal across the table to Beeline and he goes, That's fine. Pat heir apparent. I don't I just I just don't think that's the the camel on the straw's back or the straw on the camel's back there. I just can't believe that. All right, so you got you got your list, you got your hot board. We've talked about Beeline. You met, you know, about how he he's the guy that's basically got to say no before things get more serious, maybe with other guys. But you also mentioned Dusty May as someone who may be the leading candidate right now. So take me to your list, and again, we can't say they're off the radar because they're on your list. But who is somebody else from that list that maybe? fans are not paying that much attention to but should for this job right now so chris mack would be one um that's a name that i've heard from from different people as to a curiosity about what's been going on with him what would fans think of him could he coach again hasn't coached since like in the middle of january in 2022 at louisville and that chris that just got weird man like that was that was um that was a revolt because like the donors there and the administration there definitely wanted to hire Kenny Payne and they did. And they're about to fire Kenny Payne probably. And just, if you look at Louisville's athletic history, the past several years, um, like a four letter word here, right? It's not great. It's a mess. How's that? It's a four letter word. And it's just been hard to navigate that. And you wonder, was it really Chris Mack? Chris Mack got um, suspended, ultimately fired, but suspended because he recorded a conversation of his assistant coach extorting him. Like, how do you like that's like that's like seeing someone like snatch a purse. Right. And then you jaywalk to catch the purse snatcher and you get a ticket for jaywalking. Right. Those are the rules. Right. But still, that's that's a really bizarre set of circumstances. So, you know, you can look at that. You can look at like Will Wade, like what he did maybe isn't illegal now. And like people are going to have to kind of make amends for some of these names, I think. But like Mac is one that it was so weird. And that guy won at such a high level and not long before he got fired. They were number one in the country and were probably going to be a number one seed in the COVID tournament that, that got canceled. Um, he lifted up Xavier to really high levels of basketball. He's always won. 
And can he come back and do it after being on the sideline for a couple of years? And again, I think he was coaching youth soccer last year, not in upstate New York, but in Cincinnati. So um, can he get it back? I don't know. And then I think a name I hadn't seen anywhere else that I think is interesting when you look at the program, what it's done, what it hasn't done, and like how how consistent the program has been. It does not ring a lot of bells of people. You don't have great memories of pros in the school, hardly any like NCAA tournament success, but you certainly know about Vermont basketball. And like John Becker is a coach who's been there for a while. Is now the winningest coach in program history. They're always consistently um, a, a good net slash RPI Kempom team when the overall ratings typically balance offensively, defensively. Sometimes one outdoes the other to compensate, but they're always pretty good and they're they're kind of homegrown and then develop their talent because of how big they are in that part of the country. But now they're starting to get some transfers, and and his name has kind of come up in different job searches the past couple of years. Boston College, UMass. The guy wins, and he's got a big personality that people really, really like, um, would be really good with fundraisers, would be really good with fans and media. And I just think like that, sometimes at a place like that, that can be so insulated that a coach sometimes wonders, man, what could I do outside this bubble? And would West Virginia be the person to come by and say, come on in, we have a chance? Um, that's a kind of a, a, an off-the-radar name, but one I've heard about that just wins, has a style, ha- has developed, but also adapted and is eager to go out and make something happen here too. Um, but would you roll the dice in the Vermont coach? Do not know about that one. Just to give the the listeners or the viewers, whichever way you're consuming this content, a little something on Chris Mack. He was a head coach for 11 years or his for 13 years, but the last two you just discussed with the whole extortion attempt and the assistant coach and all that stuff and the boosters. But the first 11 years, him being a head coach, if you count the COVID year, where, like you said, they would have been one of the top two seeds. Um, they were, you know, tied for second in the the ACC before the tournament. Mm-hmm. He makes the tournament 10 out of 11 years as a head coach. 10 out of 11, including one, two, three, four sweet 16s or better in that span. Like, there is nobody on the list that's winning at that rate. Or, or, I mean, how often is a coach with that kind of win rate going to end up available? So I like that you went to him first as that kind of, again, not off the radar, but somebody that maybe people should be paying closer attention to because he's winning. And I like I can't fault him because Louisville's got crazy boosters and he tried to catch his assistant coach cheating or extorting him. Like that's, he said, that's crazy. I think it's it's intriguing for the list too because – I'll be honest that there's names on my list that I've been told are on other lists too, which isn't a surprise. Mark Byington, we mentioned Josh Schertz, Nico Medved, um, your, your kind of flavor of the day coaches. Okay. So West Virginia is just doing what everybody else does. I don't think so. Um, you know, there, there's some names on there too, that are different. Mention Will Wade. I don't know about Will Wade. That's one I cannot get a read on Chris, but like um, if you're serious about the future of college basketball, um, I'm not saying you go renegade, but, like that's a guy who's always won and who's been um creative <laughs> in his recruiting, but like you you are gonna have to have a bit of a uh rebellious renegade streak. But by the way, there's no NIL rules right now, Chris. So you can make the most strong ass offer that you ever want right now, and you're not going to get in trouble for it too. So um again, that that's going to be something that people are going to have to probably come to grips with at some point, not necessarily West Virginia, but here's a guy at McNeese State who's on a show cause, which makes it extremely difficult to recruit. 
Um, and I've heard different things about him that that he might he might want out right away because they're doing really well, but he might also just do two years at McNeese State and finish the show cause and come out with two years of a clean nose and then a clean record and be extremely appealing. But also McNeese State would be in a much better situation before it do. Don't know. That's one I have a really hard time getting a read on. But some people asked me about that or mentioned as a possibility that it just seemed like that was a good one to throw in at the end. Fortunately, because my alphabetical order style, it began with a W and he fit nicely at the end of the list. All right. We're going to wrap this up here in a second, but you mentioned version 1.0 indicating more were to come over or under 4.5 on the hot so board. Are we How going many like are you making? 1.0 to 1.9. Is that before I can go to 2.0? I think, you know, when you do the one point somethings, that means there's small tweaks, small tweaks. If you have to make like a large change, like remove a couple big names or add a couple big names, then you go to 2.0. So are we at 4.5 or? Are we getting to four? Are we getting to fours? We could get to four. Yeah. Okay. We got to two point like something last time. That was a pretty brief search. This one's going to be longer because like if West Virginia bows out first couple of days of the tournament, let's say they're done by, I don't know, March 13. Uh, you're looking at the tournament starts that weekend, uh, 17. 20, I mean, it might be April. Yeah. Depending on who, who you're targeting and who's playing too. But also like this, this might be, there, this might be done pretty quickly too. If it's somebody who's not coaching right now as well. So we'll see. I was say I'm trying to look it up because remember the ball coaching search lasted what four days, and I think we, I mean, we had well, updates every like hour on that one. Even that was different because everybody knew that he was leaving after the bowl game, which was late December. But he was just waiting for the contract to change and his buyout to go right. down. So uh, yeah, Neil Brown four days later, but that was they were on their way there for sure. Yeah, uh, we didn't do the one point. We just went one point oh, two point oh, three point oh, four point oh. Which by the way, Neil Brown was just. Him and um, Fickle and Tony Gibson, Gibby, Gibby, yeah, those are three interviews, top three, top three from every single one. So, um, can't promise the same success as that one. That was pretty narrowed down, spot on. But I would definitely keep up with this on the on the basketball hop board. Uh, again, if you are not a VIP member, hop in now. And I had a Twitter user message me and say, "You guys do not promote." the paramount plus portion of this enough um yeah i mean i've had people who tell me they tell their significant others i'm purchasing a streaming service and the ear sports vip is free i don't care if you call it that that's fine you can call it whatever you want you can say whatever one you're getting free or whatever you're paying for i don't care um just a quick note for those that are interested in that you do have to be a full paying member you can't be on the promo but you do have that option to just opt right into the full regular price and get your Paramount Plus right away. So be sure to uh, check that out if that's your option. If not, you just want 60% off in the WVU info, hop on that deal instead. Makes you mad. 60% off, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, well. Mike, what else you got coming up this week? Uh, maybe version 1.1. I'm sure somebody will call me today or message me and call me a knucklehead or how dare you say this or you forgot this guy. So maybe we'll see. But um, listen, West Virginia plays a basketball game tonight. And part of our reservation about waiting on this is just kind of out of deference to the team and the season. Like probably not fun to read about your replacement online or in the paper, but still they do have a game tonight. So um, there's a really interesting trend I want to explain to you. And I'll do that in print, but like, you might like West Virginia's chances tonight based on something I explained to you, Chris. Um, and if not, uh, hey, 
West Virginia trend buster. That would be a be a cool label for the team, I guess, this season, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. And we also got recruiting news coming up because uh, up on the board, official visits are starting to be set all the way out into June. Guys are coming up next month. Got an update this morning with a four-star top 100 overall prospect um, that is set to visit West Virginia in a couple of weeks in an interview with him. So be sure to check it all out. We got we got pretty much everything covered right now. Baseball, basketball, football, recruiting, all the good stuff going on. Hamstrings. Hamstrings. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't even get me started. I, I mean, I know everybody on the board's already going. Like, you get a number one major league baseball draft pick, and he gets hurt the opening weekend. Uh, just... How about the way the Baylor game ended for the women the other night, too? Mm-hmm. That was that wild. Foul with, like, one second left. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, oh well. Now, Mike, let's wrap it up here. You, hey, you got the intro, you got the outro. Nobody wants to hear my voice to start this pod or end it. So go ahead. Oh well, <laughs> jeez, really threw the ball above the rim for me on that one too. Yeah, uh-huh. listen, um, a lot's gonna happen. Be careful, information. Um, information's bad sometimes too. I'm not. I like to stick my head in the ground. Some of these things to me, that's not the best, but. Um, yeah, hopefully we can deliver on this stuff and try to figure out who's going to be in charge sooner or later. Um, but also a lot of other diversions, whether it's streaming or online, different sports, there are some good things happening at West Virginia too. So hopefully we can uh, flesh those out as well. Only, only time will tell Chris, but until then I'm Mike Casaza. I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then.